Hey guys, it's your girl Shawna Cole, and I'm here today to talk to you about voting. Vote 2020. 2020 ain't been shit, but we can get this vote in. All jokes aside, um, I definitely been reading articles about the black male vote going up towards Trump. 50 Cent dumbass comment, and. I've seen people say they're not going to vote. Voting is dumb. It's all politics. Nothing ever matters. And it brought me to Michelle Obama, who I remember watching her documentary just said everything that happened, the most disheartening thing was the fact that her people, she talking about us y'all, couldn't be bothered to vote in 2016. It's not like you know, they voted for the other side or anything like that. They just didn't bother to vote. And one of my favorite powerful women name is Fannie Lou Hammer. And her famous quote is, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And anytime voting comes up, anytime people are talking about struggle, I think of Fannie Lou because fuck it. We didn't all been sick and tired and we've marched, we've protested, we've cried, we've done silent protests, we've done everything. We're on social media complaining about issues every fucking day and we have the nerve to say we not going to vote. How are you sick and tired? And you ain't going to do shit about it. So you're going to lay down? you going to let them win? Fannie also said, if a white man give you anything, then he could take it away at any time. Take back your power. Voting isn't even hard. So if you can't even be bothered, this is 2020. And if you didn't take 2016 seriously, you need to take 2020 very seriously. This time it's personal. Trump has said the most outrageous shit ever. He doesn't even condemn white supremacy. Even if you say anything people have said is made up, he will literally sit there and run around in circles. He will repost their tweets and then say, I'm not racist. The media is using their platform against me. How can we use a platform against him when he is the one tweeting. It's nobody else but him. So this time, this ballot, this vote, we need to make it personal. We need to be bothered. If anything, we need to be the most bothered people in the world. And I know that's not a word, but I'm going to use it because fuck it. I'm sick and I'm tired. There is one thing you have got to learn about our movement. Three people are better than no people. Fannie Lou Hammer. Now, Trump has made lots and 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 lots of comments. But in 2016, 14% of the black male vote was for Trump. Now, I don't know where the fuck that came from. I don't know what the fuck they was thinking. But I read an article recently in the Daily Mail that it's projected that more and more black men are going to vote for Trump. And I just need to ask how. 
And in 2016, Trump said, you're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? Well, now it's 2020. And what did we lose? We lost Breonna Taylor. We lost George Floyd. We lost so many people. And now at one time, did he come to the black person's vote? Not one time did he come to our defense and say this is absolutely wrong. He said, this is disheartening. He said, I'll send in troops. He said, we got to get these jungles in control. He said everything, but he was for us. He attacked NFL players for protesting, saying we're... If we don't want to stand, then we shouldn't be in America. Why should we stand for a flag that doesn't give a fuck about us? Why does someone kneeling at a football game give you more tweets and more hurt and anger than someone dying in their own home or someone on the street crying? You want to talk about our youth? Then help our youth. And I'm not saying anything, any side is the right side. But at some point, you cannot just vote for a racist. You cannot just vote for someone who openly is for hate, is an open racist, an open sexist, just because you can't be bothered. And... The country of the great America with three K's is what we're going to call it today. Has a history of trying to stop our greatness. We've had forced sterilization. We've had obviously slavery. Jim Crow laws. Even laws that were set to protect us like the end of slavery didn't stop slavery. We had Jim Crow laws. We had voting intimidation. The Voting Rights Acts of 65 should have never existed because of the 15th Amendment. This year marks the 150th anniversary of the 15th Amendment. Yet, we had Bloody Sunday and the March on Selma and so many other marches and counter-protests and students of all colors sitting down and riding buses to try to make sure that we could vote when we already had the right to vote. They passed a law and then passed another law. They gave us literacy tests, poll taxes. They purged voter rolls. They give us absurd deadlines and absentee voting and early voting guidelines and deadlines, all because they know some people just can't be bothered. So I know I told you guys that Fannie Lou Hammer is the first person that comes to my mind with civil rights. And to some, it might be Martin Luther King. Some, it might be Malcolm X. I'm all here for Brother X. However, Fannie Lou Hammer is my my go-to. Her quotes always spoke the truth, whether they hurt 
whether she was hurt, whether she was in pain, you felt every word of her speech. She was a civil rights fighter and her main goal was to stop the suppression of the black vote. I'm not gonna give you a full biography, but these are just some of the points that make her an inspiration for me because she went through so much in her life just to be able to say the black person could vote, just so she could have the power to vote. Now, Fannie Lou was married and she worked on a plantation with her husband and she was the bookkeeper because she was the only black person who was literate. And in 1961, she went in to get a tumor removed and they gave her a hysterectomy without her consent, which wasn't uncommon in the day. It was called forced sterilization. They don't want us here. They don't want us to have more kids. They experimented on us all the time. And that same summer, she attended a meeting by James Foreman and was intrigued that blacks couldn't vote. She said she didn't even know blacks could vote. That was something that was never told to her. And she eventually became an organizer to the SNCC and she went to register to vote and work got back to the plantation owner. And she refused to withdraw her petition to vote and she was fired. And that didn't stop her. Her husband still had to work. That didn't stop her fight. She was threatened by the KKK and she was in fear for her life. Didn't stop her. The hysterectomy didn't stop her. She adopted two daughters with her husband. Nothing stopped her. And in 1963, she passed the literacy test. Then, only to be told, she had to pay poll taxes. And did she give up? Nope. Was she bothered? Mm, nope. She got the money and she paid for that. And she got her receipts together. And she traveled and taught classes and got signatures for more petitions. Nothing stopped her. And then one day, she was arrested during a conference. They got stopped at a bus stop. Some people went in to eat. And whatever took place, her and others were arrested, including a 15-year-old girl. The girl was beaten. And Hammer was locked in a cell with two inmates. And they were ordered by the state trooper to beat her with a blackjack. And she was held down until she screamed. And then when she finally gave in and screamed, they beat her worse. She was groped and she complained. And then they took her dress and lifted it over her head. She eventually got out. But others that were there with her were badly beaten. Another member of them came and he tried to help the situation. He was beaten so both of his eyes were black. When she finally got out, it took her a month to recover from her injuries. And that didn't stop her. And that wasn't the first time she was beaten. She had lifelong injuries from fighting, protesting. And she wasn't fighting in a sense of the word that they would like us to believe. She was peaceably protesting her right. And none of that stopped her. And she even made a run for the U.S. Senate. 
And one of her famous quotes, she says, it is our right to stay here and we will stay and stand up for what belongs to us as American citizens because they can't say that we haven't had enough patience. And in 2020, that quote still rings true. The 15th Amendment guaranteed the right to vote to men of all races, including former slaves. At the end of the Reconstruction era, Southern states began suppressing black votes. Before that, the black vote was greater than the white vote in the 1880 presidential election. Our votes matter. They saw that our vote mattered. And then that's when they decided to start suppressing us. They gave us literacy tests. Now, if slaves couldn't read or write, it was illegal. How many people did you think at that time could read and write? The tests varied, but blacks were given a more rigorous test. Property owners were often exempt. If slavery didn't end officially until 1865, how many of those black people do you really think were landowners? Then, in 1970, there was an amendment in the Voting Rights Act, which prohibited the use of literacy tests. Yes, 1970 is when it was officially prohibited to give a literacy test to see if a person could vote. In 1950, Macon County, Alabama, at least 12 whites who did not even finish elementary school passed the test, yet several college-educated blacks could not. It's not about what's right or wrong. It's not about... It's not about... Who did this and who did that? You can't tell me a college-educated person can't pass a literacy test, but someone who barely made it through elementary school can. It has nothing to do with anything besides the color of their skin. Then if somebody was asked, then if somebody was able to pass the literacy test, like Fannie Lou, they gave them poll taxes. And that started in the 1890s. And it required eligible voters to pay a fee before casting a ballot. And this was to stop poor people from voting. However, poor white people could still vote if they were grandfathered in meaning they had an ancestor who fought before the Civil War. So this is one more time that privilege kicks in. We talk about white privilege all the time, but it even goes to voting. The poll tax was upheld by the Supreme 
court in 1937 and again in 1951 in the federal case Butler v. Thompson. The tax was officially prohibited in 1964 by the 24th Amendment. So in 1964, it was prohibited to charge a tax in order to vote. In 1970, it was prohibited to give a literacy test to stop people from voting. But then they just got another way around it. They started purging the voter rolls. It was intended to limit fraud. But in 1998, Florida purged their voter rolls, and out of them, 88% of them were black. In 2015, over 120,000 voters were purged in Brooklyn. In 2008, more than 98,000 registered Georgia voters were removed due to computer errors. Then they were sent letters to verify their identification and they were mailed less than 90 days before the election. You have to get smarter with these deadlines, people. Every trick, every turn, they are making a way for us not to be able to vote. They'll limit the polls. They'll take you off the voter rolls. They'll switch the deadlines on you. They'll move the polls around. It's not a game. They just get a new way of stopping the vote. In 2019, a judge in Wisconsin removed 234,000 voters from state roll, stating that the state law compelled him to do it. How can the state law compel you when you're the judge? You dictate what the law is. As of 2020, Georgia requires absentee voters to provide their own postage. That right there could stop someone from voting. Someone might not have that to vote. There's always a reason and there's always a little instance they make that makes it just a little bit harder. And then that's gonna make someone not be bothered to vote. There's stricter deadlines, they're limiting polling stations. And with COVID-19, there's a mistrust of mailing in a ballot. People don't wanna be outside waiting in the lines. There's social distancing. There's so many things and so many factors. There's even been reported less and less sites in some states. Ballot boxes are moving further and further away. And then some people are still just not bothered. And it's not just about Trump versus us. You have to think about voting for your judges. You can't sit at home, watch the TV and say, I can't believe that person got off. I can't believe there was no justice. When you're not voting for the Senate. We are not voting for your governors. We are not voting for your judges. We are not voting for laws in your state. It's so very important to read over the whole ballot. Research. Research the candidates. You need to research the background, their stances on issues, 
their biography, their endorsements. Check the deadlines in your state, guys. Make sure you still have time to vote. If it's an absentee ballot, if you have to sit in that long line, we sat in lines for months just trying to get toilet paper. I know we could sit in the line for the poll. When we were waiting on our so-called stimulus relief, there were people lined out in their mailbox, people making phone calls. Why can't we make those same phone calls to lobby for the issues that we need in our communities? Why can't we sit there and wait in the mailbox to send our letter off? There's so many times that they try to suppress our greatness. And there's so many times we have the right and the obligation to our ancestors to fight back. And if fighting back consists of you mailing in a ballot, going and standing in line, something as simple as that, then you owe it to us. We can't change history without changing ourselves. And sometimes we get sick and tired and we give up. But instead of being sick and tired of giving up, we need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. We've been silenced. We've been beaten. We've seen it. Bloody Sunday. Jim Crow laws. Voter suppression. Black Lives Matter, whether you believe in the organization or not. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, so many others, they're not here to vote. So it's our time to make a conscious decision, review all the facts, and make a decision. Guys, we need to get out there and vote 2020. We were willing to die because we knew this country needed the Voting Rights Act to empower each and every citizen to express the will of the people. Andrew Young, who is a civil rights leader and former ambassador of the United Nations. Guys, I'm just going to leave you with this one piece, this one hope. That if you weren't going to vote before, you're going to vote now. And if you're still not thinking about voting, you're going to take the time to look at the ballot and make a decision. Are we going to continue to be suppressed? Or are we going to do our obligation to our ancestors and fight back? Fight with them. They're still here in spirit, guys.